Dimp Digital presents the DDT Wrestlecast. here from Dimp Digital and welcome to the DDT Wrestlecast. We are back for a look at AEW All Out which took place this past weekend and we also have a little bit of an update on the future plans and what we're doing with this podcast going forward. As usual I'm joined by the well he's the current Fancy Gaming League champion. It's the champion paper but that could all change in the coming months. How's it going? I, I, it's going well, and I think like other Le Champions in the world, you never lose the title. Um, the title goes just, with this belt. No, no, unfortunately not. That that is, is it, it goes. If the belt goes, it's going to Le Chump. The Chump. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> well, we're here to take a look back at All Out, um, but before we do that, I because we haven't been doing a podcast for ages. Like the the, the weekly wrestling podcast experiment failed. I think we had a good run. Done like six, yeah. six to eight weeks, I think. Um, yeah, that, it was it was a burnout though, wasn't it? It was forcing us to watch, watch things sometimes. that we, we 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 just didn't really. We, we're busy people, mm, and wow. uh, it did force. Wow, yeah, I say that, but it just forces. Ever, us, but yeah, <laughs> forces us to watch. Uh, that's the thing I think with wrestling. It's it's usually at least three hours of content a week. Yeah. Um, and I think it wasn't the the most appealing wrestling content wasn't really out there at the time uh, and so it just yeah yeah it wasn't it didn't it didn't quite get full steam ahead unfortunately yeah so we will not be returning as a weekly podcast unless we win the lottery and then we do nothing else other than you know podcasts and whatever we decide to do but I was having to think and I thought how about we look at running the DDT Wrestlecast almost as like a podcast season so focusing on a specific theme or wrestlers or perhaps years in wrestling. So, for example, what I've kind of got in my head at the moment, nothing is finalised. There's no guarantee we'll do this. But say we decide to do season one and season one is just us reviewing, I don't know, WWF pay-per-views from 1992. So once we've decided what it's going to be, we would go away, record those episodes in our own time. There'd be no sort of is coming out this week and starting edit them up nicely maybe drop in some audio from the event sort of give it a little bit more of production values and then once they're all done so once all the episodes for said season are done um upload them as a season say this is season one wwf pay-per-views 1992 and then they'll come out once a week until that season ends it might be four episodes it might be six episodes it might be ten whatever it is and then outside of the season structure so where we've got a specific theme we can still do bonus episodes like this like reviewing the AEW events so I think we both well we are both watching AEW pretty consistently um, so this could be considered like a bonus episode outside of the seasons that will come along as and when and uh, so I want to give that a try but you can expect silence from this feed for a little while going forward until we figure out how and why we're going to do this and then if you've got any ideas or things that you would like covered on a season send them over and we'll, we'll certainly take them under consideration but paper what do you what do you think of that 
good move, it, poor move, or are we just delaying the inevitable of this failing again? <laughs> I think it's it's not a bad move. I I I quite like the idea of um of of us sort of going away, you know, spending a bit more time instead of having to rush something out yeah. and, and do it in in a season way and where we can do something a lot more uh, higher quality productionized. Um, and actually, then I think everyone's benefiting. I think one of the things I hate, and there's, there's there's a lot of podcasts out there, and a lot of better wrestling podcasts probably out there than us. Right. However, I guess we what we Come can on. do is try and bring something different to the table instead of just being you know that weekly you know rush something out, try and get something to you guys, and let's 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 do something. Um, in my head, do you remember when the, those podcasts around the they did do the murders and stuff like that, and they mm. would, you know, hunt that and stuff. And, and that were really good seasons, and people loved them. And so, you know, think of us more of as a Netflix show uh, rather than than a, than a weekly podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll give that a try. We'll see how we get on. And it means that we can kind of do it in our own time. And like you said, trying to rush things out doesn't help anyone. But keep the uh, feed subscribed because it'll it won't do any harm to you it's not going to you're not going to be suddenly getting bombarded with episodes it's going to be a little while and then when we've got something you'll be the first to know about it i might cleanse the feed that's the only thing i'm thinking of doing is giving it another month and then clearing the feed down starting again but that's you know if 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 for whatever reason you're a weirdo and you want like all the episodes you've ever done and want to keep them forever download them now and if you like that then maybe you should send us some money because that's that's really too much commitment for my that i'm more uncomfortable with right (coughs) all out september the 5th 2020 technically september the 6th on these shores because it started at 1am and the buying started at 12am just for reference i did not stay up and watch this one now usually for the last in fact all the previous AEW events i have stayed up or got up and, and watched them live um, this one I was planning to, and I started drinking beer at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And cool. Yeah. It's Peroni as well, so it packs a bit. Of, I've, got, I've got a couple here now, because I thought I was a bit stressed from putting that chair together and it not working. So, um, little side story. And uh, so I, I ended up getting tired, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to ruin this for myself. I know I'm going to fall asleep and then wake up at like the main event and miss stuff. And that happened, actually, <clears throat> at last year's All Out. I fell asleep before Omega and Pac and then woke up missing it not really realizing I'd missed it and I was like oh they didn't do the Omega and Pac match I wonder if something happened went on the internet and it's like Pac the Omega blah, blah, blah. and I was like oh bloody hell now I've read the ending so you know what I, you know it's, it's that an unreasonable time for us 1am it's not if it was a bit later so if it started at 3am I'd probably go to bed and get up because you can get a good like six hours in if you go to bed at like nine or ten, get five hours in. But one a.m. you kind of can't really go to bed and get up. And if you stay up, you're up till half four, or in this case, nearly five o'clock. Did, did I make the right decision, paper? In hindsight, now you've seen it all. Um, if I, I'm being honest, if you can stay away from spoilers, that's always the right decision uh, with any of these things yeah. in, in my head. I, I think there are occasions <clears> when to see uh, Step Live, and I, in my head, that's maybe if you've got a, a group of you round and you're watching yeah. together, uh, and it's sort of more the buzz. But if it, you're just like like us, who are just sad and, and lonely and don't really have many people come over to our houses, <laughs> well, no one's then, allowed. Then, well, they are allowed. They are, to, well, well, actually, that's that's all being backed out now, yeah. isn't it? As well, so oh, but. <laughs> but um i i think 
I think it's always worth getting a good night's sleep. And actually, I, I feel like I can then enjoy the event a bit yeah. more because I'm I'm not I've I've stayed up before um, for previous events um, in with other companies and UFCs and stuff like that. And yeah. I feel like I'm I'm sort of playing the battle of trying to enjoy it while also trying to keep myself awake yeah. and it's and then i just don't enjoy it as much and i miss things because i might as you said my eyes might wander and go yep. to sleep and then i just go oh shit and then <laughs> i feel like oh crap i've missed that so you know i i do envy the guys in the and girls in the states who uh who can just you know have it at that reasonable time um you know like it'd, it'd be brilliant if it could be like a uh a 9 p.m say kickoff for yeah. for us lot over here but um i i do appreciate you know they wouldn't get the money from the oh. pa- the, the pay-per-views uh, and obviously the big bucks come from the states on that side of things yeah exactly now this event ran for three hours and 50 minutes what uh, what were they they thinking that that's my first thought i mean i didn't realize it was that long because i tried to not look at the time before it started um and I, I don't know why I did that. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to ride this out. I've got all morning to watch this. And I was up early because of the bloody dog. So it weren't like I was going to run out of time. And when I looked back, I was like, Christ, three hours and 50 minutes. And I've I've dug out WWE previously for having needlessly long events. Um, to their credit, lately, since pretty much since after WrestleMania, so since the pandemic really properly kicked in, all their shows have been somewhere between two and a half hours and three hours, which in this pandemic era of wrestling, I think's about right. Now, they did put two, technically two pay-per-views on back-to-back weeks. So that's another issue because, you know, you're asking for five hours in two weeks, which isn't isn't great, but that's, that's another story for another day. Revolution earlier this year was three hours, 30 minutes. Double or Nothing was three hours, 44 minutes. All Out, three hours, 50 now, that's to me is a worrying trend. I don't know what you think about the, the length of this and whether you felt that overall it was too long. Um, I, 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 in my head, I, if, if they don't go past, if they go past the four hours, I'm, I'm scouting. At the moment, it is a little bit on the, the long side for, for, for my liking. Um, I do like it to be kept sort of between the sort of three and the three thirty sort of period. Mm. I feel like. I, I, my mind does start wandering a bit and if, when it's especially that that long um i feel like unlike the wwe i can give the aw a little bit more slack on this one at the moment cool. mainly because it's Family. one it <laughs> yeah you can say that uh <laughs> one um every sort of like three months rather than yeah. one every month True. and so i appreciate that actually in the, that three months there can be a lot of good stories going on in in that time frame uh, and i think that a lot of that does actually show with um a lot of the content on this there was some really good build up to stories which will go into further in there and even ones that might have had slower stories or, or newer stories i felt like they actually the the matches themselves were were those matches were were some of actually the better matches as well so um i i don't feel so bereaved i i i, I put my my hand uh, hands up and say i've not watched the, the buy-in yet nope. um no i point. i uh i uh contacted you beforehand and said is it worth watching you went yeah you can probably watch it but these are the the two matches and to be honest the buy-in the way i was excited for was brit and 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 so and actually then they put in the pay-per-view and i was like well that's sort of my interest is now peaked to straight to the pay-per-view so um yeah it was um i thought that was a bit of a shame but you know we're coming to that bit later so i i'm not too fussed about 
the time. I think if they go past that four hours, I'm going to be really annoyed. But if they could knock off 20 minutes, knock off 20, 30 minutes, I'm, I'm, that's my <clears throat> my buzz zone at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, to me, it, it didn't it didn't feel uh, outright. I didn't think this is one of their better pay-per-views, personally. And I think then when I looked back at the time, I was like, Jesus Christ, was that how long it was? And because I watched it in the morning, and I paused like, between matches a couple of times because of that fucking dog I keep mentioning. Um, it, it obviously breaks it up and makes it a little bit easier to digest. But I was just thinking, if I had to, if I was up watching that, I definitely would have fell asleep. So I'm glad I, I, I didn't do that. Um, I'm, I'm also going to put it out there as sorry as hands up that I did pause it at one point yeah. to have a little snooze. So it, you know, and that was, that was in the daytime. I don't know whether that shows about my age or what the what the full content was, but um, yeah, maybe yeah. yeah, cut it down a bit. You know, don't make me snooze. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because when you watch it and you can snooze and you can pause it, it does make things easier. But I would never rewatch it, put it that way, because the length is just ridiculous. Uh, we mentioned the buy-in. We had Sir Pentico versus Jerry Janella. No prizes for guessing who won that. And then Private Party versus the Dark Order. At this time, it is the combination of John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And uh, I don't know if you know the result of that or want to know the result of that. If not, I'll just keep it to myself. But. They, they they did say the result on the paper. Oh, did so, they? Sorry, uh, I did yeah, say yeah, they I didn't. Don't... I must have been not paying attention. So blew that. Yeah, view. yeah. So well, they they they, they said they were they didn't say the result, but they were just suggested private party are, are worth keeping an eye on for breaking into the top five. So my assumption there was they well, they won that match earlier. Yeah, is that actually then, quite then, a good then, match? Then I've, then I've actually, but that's my fault. To be fair, I've watched it out of order, so um, you know I, that, that's not a scoured in AEW. It's more of like if I'd wanted to watch it, I should have watched it before. Yeah, but then, like you said, they took off Big Swole versus Britt Baker, which was kind of like the intriguing part, as it was a cinematic match. But um, that was the buy-in. It was an hour's buy-in, and the matches went, I think, in total 20 minutes. So you're not getting a lot of wrestling or bang for your buck. I don't mind. There's actually some promos on there, which are quite cool, from the Battle Royal. So that was quite cool to see. Like some of the competitors just have like 20 seconds just to say, you know, I'm in the battle royal, I'm going to win it, all that shit. You get people like Christopher Daniels, so you don't normally get a lot of mic time. They're semi-interesting and kind of built that up. But overall, the buying, as a pre-show, I always think is can be forgettable. It could have been something else, but they decided to to move it. So the, the main pay-per-view kicks off, and. Um, it's the cinematic match to kick things off. So it's Big Swole versus Britt Baker in what they've called a tooth and nails match. So a play on words there. Essentially, this was a cinematic match that took place, I'm assuming was supposed to be inside Britt Baker's dentist office. I don't know if it actually was her dentist office. She is a real um, doctor and dentist, as she will tell you during her, her promos. But this was a cinematic match. We've aired our grievances with cinematic matches. I didn't think this was that good personally, but they didn't they didn't obviously break the cardinal rule of putting a camera shot in that would have been impossible to put there. Um, there was like one shot outside where the camera was there before they got out, but I was like, yeah, they could have had a camera crew waiting in case they came out, which was fine. But we didn't get any like unrealistic camera shots, at least to my eyes. But what did you think of this? Because we talk about openers a lot and we like good openers. I'm not sure the cinematic match is a good opener for the people watching at home or the crowd who have had to sit there and watch that on the big screen. Yeah, like for me, this shouldn't have been the opening. I I, I feel like 
AEW was pressured to put it into the pay per view. Yeah, they, they were. They were getting a. They were getting a lot of grievance from people going, "Oh, it's disrespectful and stuff like that." I, I didn't take it that way. I didn't think it was disrespectful in the slightest. Um, I just thought, you know, something needs to to budge and. Uh, they, I thought that they were actually giving away actually quite a good match. And as I said, I was quite intrigued for the buy And after that left, I wasn't intrigued for the buy-in at all. No. So, um, yeah, for me, like, it, yeah, it, it was a match I was looking forward to. I was then disappointed with the outcome. And that I, that's probably more that I'm not the biggest fan of cinematic uh, matches, just full stop. You can do them well. And I do appreciate AEW. Uh, as you said, not doing camera angles or things that would just ne- definitely not happen. That's definitely a thing. I just, I just then start looking around, critiquing it, and like oh, yeah. you could tell, for example, like in the surgery bit, the window was blacked out, and then but there was still light coming through. It. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh well, that's clearly a set then, isn't it? They they yeah. they uh, or they've done something with the window to like prep it from beforehand and stuff like that. And so that sort of just little things like that start frustrating me. I'm like, if you're gonna just do it just do it in like a proper like doctor surgery or dentist surgery and just go full hammer or whatever but it's um yeah i i did i i wasn't wasn't a big fan of this match if i'm being honest and like some of the shots just looked a little bit you know not poor but like they hit each other with like clipboards and stuff like that points at the start and i was thinking well oh, that that doesn't look like it's kind of i was shocked that something that had been put together beforehand obviously being a cinematic match that there was such sloppy like work in there like punches that clearly missed weak punches like you mentioned hitting each other with objects where you could clearly see the other person had backed out of hitting them and i was just like <clears throat> why have you not reshot some of this to make it look the cinematic match if you're going to do it everything has to look clean as shit and we we, we saw the randy on edge match which was tight as fuck really like there was yeah. very little in the terms that you could pick apart in terms of if you just watched that and as, as a wrestling match, whereas this was just like, God, the work was awful. And uh, maybe the reason was that Britt Baker's still injured. Like, this is why they've done a cinematic match. But if she's still injured, why are we putting a program on where she's got to try and wrestle or, or, or work? Yeah. I, I don't really know. I, th- I think the thing, yeah, I, I do agree. It's like, it just wasn't a very good match. And, it, and, and I guess what to give away with the, the results, Swole won. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I guess there's two things about that. I didn't really like the way she won, but she got gassed out. And I was like, I didn't even realize that I was, I didn't realize that was even a rule. I didn't even, to be fair, I didn't know that was like something that could happen. You could gas someone out and no. then that happened. I was like, I was like, what? That's that. Is that it? Yeah. It's, she also she numbed her leg by injecting her with whatever that is to numb like the area of the body. So that happened. She got injected with drugs and, and gassed out. Did poor Brit took a real battery. Yeah. I, I do get why the uh, AEW were doing it though. Like, if Brit Brit is the best female um, uh, athlete or entertainer on the mic and stuff like that, mm. uh, that AEW have, and she's great at it. Um, and I think Swole. Uh, and I, I, I went into that match thinking, well, Brit's going to win this. They're going to try and push Brit, you know, to get a title shot and stuff like that. But, but so that actually surprised me. Swell won, and actually, I was like, well, actually, it's quite a good move because now if Brit's still injured, she's got time to recover or whatever, so they can push yeah. Swell a bit, and it gives gives her a bit of heat or and momentum. Um, and and sometimes the women's division, uh, I think it needs that a bit because apart from people coming in like uh, Thunder Rosa did uh, later, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm yeah. struggling in my head to think where it's going. So I think that was quite a nice thing, like a, a nice sort of cha- change in direction by, or, or a direction that AEW's going in. But yeah, I just didn't think it was the best way to do it, like the match-wise. 
yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't their best work, and you know, the opener should be a wrestling match, not a cinematic match for everyone involved. Like those poor fans were like, oh, right, here we go, main pay per view, and that to sit there and watch that. I mean, it was only ten minutes to be fair, so yeah. the the saving grace, I guess you could say, is that it wasn't that long. But, um, it should it should have come as the second match in my head. Like, like there's somewhere along the line, like rest- it'll break it up. I don't. Yeah, you're right. Like, there's plenty of wrestling on the card. Yeah. looking at the card, and actually, even if they didn't want to give it near top spot, there's plenty of space they could have chucked it in between either on a second spot or third spot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it is what it is. Yeah. And just for the facts and figures that people like out there, the, the estimation is that double or nothing did about a hundred and 20,000 buys. So if we apply that same as All Out, which I actually think they might fall in below that, but say All Out gets 120,000 people that, that pay to watch it, um, the buy-in is currently on YouTube and it's got 389k. So it's going to get to 4,000, 400,000 at some point. So that's quite a big difference in people that could have watched this match had they left it on the buy-in. But, you know, the internet decided that that was disrespectful when more people could have seen it and maybe that's a good thing considering it wasn't a good match so <laughs> maybe they looked at him <laughs> thought right don't let the general public see that it's not, that's not going to help anyone we finally got some wrestling the young bucks versus Jurassic express so coming into this they've done a bit of an interesting stipulation on dynamite where uh, the young bucks were, were teaming in an eight-man match and the winners of the eight-man match would face each other get a chance to I guess, in the, in the storyline, earn some money by being on the main card of the pay-per-view. Um, this is the real sort of wrestling opener. The, the Young Bucks go over in 15 minutes. What did you think of, of this tag match? In my opinion, and this is my opinion, it was my favourite match on the whole card. Mm. Um, I really, really liked it. I like uh, wrestling. That's you know, you get some good wrestling in there, but you get some you get some spots as well, and you, you sort of have that with all those people involved like jungle boy can really wrestle. Um, and actually, well, they all can, but like, but you know, you've got people that can do the big old spots and Luchasaurus is, 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 is saying different as well that, you know, it's just that I think it was an all in all real good, uh, mix. Uh, and there was things that just sort of kept me on the engine of my seat. Um, like I just, I like the things like, like the Northern light suplexes that Matt was doing and he did it over the ropes. And I, I, I don't know whether it botched a bit cause it looked like he was getting strangled out at one point. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it, they, they, they carried on and they managed to, um, uh, was it the Northern light suplexed over the barrier as well, which was, yeah. which was, which was quite funny. And like, there was just, there was lots of good, like spots in it like i enjoyed the, the the super kick on luchasaurus to stop the tag um and then obviously that marcus stunt comes in and gets involved and stuff like that um i think the big the big big thing for me on this is uh, and we we alluded to it i think at a couple of pay-per-views back for aws are the young bucks turning heel like because i really want them to turn heel. i feel like i could yeah. get more into them if they're heel than than their baby face or malarkey yeah. and then you know doing little things like just taking out um uh marco stunt and stuff like that little yeah. bits like that just just shows real sore sore that, that i think I, i've got a note here where super kick on marco he'll turn yay um so i'm hoping it wasn't just for that one match because it is is babyface and babyface yeah. but um they they have been alluding to it before i know they're going for this a little bit more we're more aggressive now and stuff like that hmm. but yeah i do i feel like if there's an opportunity for them to turn hill 
now's the right time because there's there's all sorts going on with the 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 elite and it feels like that's sort of on its way out and we can talk about that later um not on its way out but things are happening there and it feels like you know the bucks could 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 go a nice hill here um and and it'd, it'd work quite well yeah, yeah. I think I do think the the young bucks would be really good as heels. I remember uh, the match I saw them in last year. I think it was fight for the fallen or fight fest. They had them as separate events last year, and they took on Cody and Dustin. And they it was again two babyface teams, but they played the heels in that match. And um, that was when I was like, cool. These guys would actually make pretty good heels if they actually committed to it. But we'll get on to why I don't think that's going to happen a bit later on. Um, because there's other things that happen later on down the card that I think makes that a no-go if they want to pull the trigger on a on a certain matchup. Casino Battle Royale winner gets. Oh, a tight- should you before we go, go on. on to that, it's probably worth mentioning that the Young Bucks did win that. Match. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. And to be honest, I was had uh, you know what? Normally you'd look at that and say Young Bucks win easily, but one thing I will say is that the Young Bucks in the tag team tournament, which was a long time ago now, but still, it, this is why they probably did it, they lost a private party in the first round, which was like a big upset and a, and a loss. So they're not afraid of putting other teams over. And I did wonder whether they were going to do it here. So people at that time, I don't think you had started watching it because it was in the first sort of couple of weeks. People at that time were moaning, pissing, saying they shouldn't. They need to establish them as a top team. They shouldn't be putting younger teams over. But for someone like me who's now watched it and seen that, it actually had another sort of layer to it. Where I thought, are they going to do it again here? And I think yeah. them having them be beatable means that you you kind of think that actually Jurassic Express could stand a chance here. I think they yeah, got a and good Jurassic job. Express looked really good as well, I yeah. thought. They made Jungle... I know Jungle Boy took the pin, and he nearly always takes the pin, but he kicked out of a lot of stuff beforehand. So I think that was done on purpose so that he yeah. comes across as quite strong and resilient at least. And eventually it just took its toll. And you're like, yep, yeah, poor pup. Just got. Yeah, he's, he always he does always take the beating when, uh, and I get it. Jurassic Express, you're not going to have Luchasaurus take the beating because mm. um, he's the big, you know, strong, you know, indefensible, and they need to protect that character. So it's always yeah. going to be Jungle Boy that takes that beating. I do think it was uh, one too many moves for the finish. I, I've got in my notes. I would have preferred it if they had just finished on that super kick party. Yeah. Um, I felt like when he kicked out of that, and then they did uh, the BTE. Is it called? Yeah, uh, or the, it. yeah I, and but it just felt like because it'd been going and going. It felt like that, if they finished at the super kick, I would have happily had that. And then I was like, oh, uh, you just added the number one in for the sake of it. But I, they, I know I, I felt Jungle Boy had already come across like he was kicking out loads of stuff before that point. So like it wasn't to say that like, it was is poor. So yeah, I would have. I would have pulled it, reined it in for one less sort of finish. Uh, yeah. finisher on on jungle boy but you know apart from that favorite match of the the night for me yeah casino battle royale or royal i don't know how people say it nowadays winner gets a, a shot at the aw championship i always think that's a bit of a that's weak piss a little bit i don't know i'm not sure if i like these battle royales and ladder matches deciding the next contender like they have all these rankings they drum into us and they're like yeah and you can just win it for a random battle royal and you're like okay so, so the rankings don't mean that much because there's 21 people that could fucking win it here. And I would say well over half of these people, you would not want challenging for the top. In fact, I'm looking at the... Uh, you know what? There's actually... There's probably one person there. Yeah, and he won it, luckily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That. Yeah. Everyone else is like a tag team or part of like... Uh, um, I'll do the rundown. I've got it here. So I'm, 
Trent, Christopher Daniels, Jake Hager, The Blade, Ray Phoenix, Kazarian, Will Hobbs, Chuck Taylor, Santana and Ortiz, Billy Gunn, Pentagon L0M, who's changed his name from Pentagon Jr. I don't know why they've done that. Brian Cage, who I thought, had you not had a title shot, you, you're legit. Ricky Starks, Darby Allen, who's about had about five title shots and lost all of them. Sean Spears, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, Sonny Kiss, and then Lance Archer. And then we had Matt Seidel, who came in as a final entrant. Who? Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we're, we're we'll coming to that. To. Oh, God, I feel so sorry for that guy. But yeah, like if you look at that rundown, and really, had Brian Cage not had a title shot, you could have said, okay, it's between those two, really. You're not going to give Ricky Starks. You're not going to give Darby Allen another shot. But everyone else is just fob- fodder. And yeah, that's a bit yeah. of a, a weak lineup in my view. But you know, what, what do you think of the the battle royale structure? Because it's a casino battle royale, so they're coming they're coming in groups of five, depending on the the, the suit of card that they're assigned or they're drawn, which they never showed. So we don't know who drew what. Um, and then there's a final entrant who's the Joker who gets sort of like I guess the advantage and comes in last. But what do you think of that as a bit of a play on the Royal Rumble? Because it is pretty much they're trying to get a version of that out and. It is a stipulation and a, and a match that will end up in in a title shot. I I like these type of matches, but I I want it to be a big deal and I want it to be once a year. We had the ladder match, yeah. which was effectively the the same type of sort of structure, yep. but with a ladder um, in the last one. Um, <laughs> it and was they, the same, they did exactly it with, the same. And and the, yeah, and they did it with the, the you know the the there's going to be a secret you know not secret but there's the last person you know well that's them naming someone coming in. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I just thought that the it was just too similar too soon. Um, I I love. And I would say out of all of the WWE pay-per-views, the Rumble is my favourite. Yeah. But I like it because it's built up and yes. it's once a year and it is all the top, top guys. Uh, yeah, all the top guys. And so, like, I don't really in my head know who's going to win it. Here, they've just... All their top guys are in great matches. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm now looking, thinking, really, who's who's going to? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's there's literally only one or two, maybe three guys there that you would you would generally really want to see have a title shot that you think might be able to take that title because everyone else there is just going to go over against Mox, yeah. uh, and yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, I I feel like they could look back on it and do and just yeah do something. And I want a battle royal. I love a battle royal, but once a year with the top guys yeah. um, and girls or however they want to do it, but not, you know, as the uh, effectively was going to be the second uh, match on a card. Um, and like, at the time, I, the, the, I, the one of the things I was looking at was the poster for it, like all the time. It only ever had like 10, 11 yeah. people on it. And yeah. so I was like, I don't even know who's coming into this. No. And maybe because I didn't watch the buy-in as well. But no, no, like, I'm didn't. like, no. I, I'm thinking, is Kip there? You know, is Pac going to come back from this? You know, yeah. I just didn't know half the people who were going to be in it. Uh, and then it was, yeah, it was just cannon fodder. Yeah. Um, I, I it, was, it was, don't get me wrong, the match was great, a good match, but it was just a bit, you know, wasted. Yeah. yeah and I think that, I think you should hold back a few entrants as a surprise so that you get that moment. You're like, oh, so it's safe. Pack was coming back. You don't want to advertise him on a poster and say Pack's coming back. It would have been great if Pack had come back and just come out as the final entrant or as part of a batch. And then you'd have that sort of shock moment. I think you should, that's part of doing these battle Royale stroke Royal rumble type things that you have a couple of surprises in there so that people are like, oh, like when edge come back this year, it was like, oh, edge is back. 
And it was like, yes, great. Um, but at the same point, there wasn't enough high-level talent in here for it to be uh, any other winner than Lance Archer, which it, it was. And like I said, Brian Cage would have been the other contender, but he's already had his title shot, so we knew that. I mean, how about this for a final four? We will rewind to talk about Seidel, but Kingston, who I like, but he, he's not, he, not going to win it or win the title, I should say. He could win this. Matt Seidel, who was the last entrant. The Butcher. <laughs> I can't even get out about laughing. The Butcher. And Lance Archer. And at that point, there's only one There's only one winner they should do. And thank you they did do that. But also, there's no tension there, is there, as to who should win that and who's going to go through and win it. Yeah, in, in my head, the, the final people should have been... Uh, what well, the fuck's been... the Butcher doing in the final four? Yeah. Well, the, for the final three, at least, it should have been Archer against, like, Stark and Cage or something like that. Yes. And then have Archer go over on Lance and Cage. And that sort of Cage should have been in the final four, like just that. to give you that chance that there's two big fuckers in there. Fuck it, leave them to the yeah. last two. Let them have a duke it out. But fuck me. I could have beat those yeah. three. Yeah, and I don't even know. And there was, it was a bit of a piss poor ending as well with fucking oh, jake God. and his snake bag just going it's like you're like, there's no fucking snake in there mate we all know because you're never going to open it it's, it's 2020 just, jake we know there's not a snake being cruelly kept inside a bag yeah it's um so they they, they do, i i appreciate unless they actually start bringing a fucking snake out like wwe did with him then you know i'm not believing that in yeah. one the slightest you know it's just doesn't that doesn't scare me and they kept trying to push it saying oh kingston's scared of snakes i'm like is he, he doesn't look that scared mm. he's just like saying get it away from me yeah he's saying. like get like, this in- overbooked shit off i need to you know what i didn't even <laughs> see kingston go over the top rope properly and i, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and they, they mentioned that he may have gone under the bottom rope and then climbed up on the turnbuckle, which might count as going over, but I don't know. Like that, I, I didn't. I didn't see him because he was just on sort of the apron when the last bit kicked off, and then he fell off. I was like, "Is that him gone?" So I don't know. Maybe there's a storyline there, but they, yeah, it's uh, a shit storyline if it is. Um, before we get on to like Matt and Sidell and stuff like that, there was a couple of points though I did I did quite enjoy from yeah. the the whole. I, I I really did. I did enjoy. Darby Allen being put into the tacks of, of, of a body bag. I thought that was different. I thought it was unique and, you know, it, it sort of fitted in really nicely with that storyline with Darby yeah. Allen and Ricky Stark and stuff like that. That must have hurt. And uh, like the I'm fact that it, there was I'm still put it out there. Still, yeah. Ricky Starks is like my guy now. And really? it, it annoys me that Darby Allen's feuding with him because Darby Allen will go over and win that feud. So Starks will be set. His big first program he's going to lose. But. He's he's the guy I'm I'm that's the guy I'm back in now. So any titles cool. he wins, I want to celebrate with a nice cold prone like I am now. <laughs> Not a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I thought that was a really good spot. I did it. I did enjoy it. I just thought it's just held to that story and it was nice. Uh, there was some nice bits of other stories going on in the background, you know, like Santana on a sort of tease and you know the uh, best friends like just they were just went straight for each other. I, I like I enjoy I enjoy these side story things that are going on. Um, yeah on it so um yeah i, I thought it's good and there was a, like the other thing that I, I did mention that i was just didn't quite understand there was a bunch of fireworks that went off in the fucking middle of this match apparently it was like, a baseball game that was, <laughs> that was starting down the road <laughs> but it sounded like it's right on top of them i know I like, yeah i it what well, apparently i've read up so i thought what the hell is that it was it was another stadium that was kicking hell. off and it was like what the hell's going on? I thought something had gone off in the background by accident I was like shit are they like are they accidentally like set off some fireworks in the backstage area but 
Yeah, yeah I, I think like you know, I, I, it's in my head. Do you know what I was hoping for? You know, like the days of uh, Raw versus Nitro, yeah. where they would turn up at each other's yeah. and stuff like that. And I was hoping oh, is WWE going to go and go and just set off a load of bloody. You can imagine it, turn up in a van, mm. getting a firework permit, just setting off a ton of fireworks oh, and, yeah. and really annoying their show, and then just you know throw it on your Raw the next week, and suddenly that's like a that's a dub because you know AEW are quite good at. Uh, throwing a bit of shade um, WWE's way and they did it in this as well at some points and we'll get to those as well but um, yeah I you know I would have I would have respected that a lot more than the, the baseball stadium analogy <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the only other thing I, I had a couple of things I liked as well but the only other things I didn't like was there's like four batches of people that you get the first five that start then there's a second third and fourth batch and there's five people in each of them I was I raised my eyebrow when the second batch contained Kaz, Will Hobbs, Chuck Taylor, and it had Santana and Ortiz, the tag team, in the same batch. I was like, right, is it really random, or have you just put a tag team together? And then the third batch, they did it again with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks coming out in the same area. Now, I know it's only a one in four chance, or maybe a one in five with the um, the Joker being there, but uh, that, that seemed like way too convenient that two tag teams or two alliances were together in one group. I didn't like that. It should always be split up in my view. But that aside, I liked um, Sonny Kiss eliminating Jake Hager. I thought that was really funny, yeah. um, getting rid of him. And uh, then Sonny Kiss got eliminated anyway, as you'd expect. And Will Hobbs. Now, you won't have seen much of Will Hobbs because he may have made only made like two Dynamite appearances, but he's been on AEW Dark losing every match because he's one of those people. But I thought they'd done a decent job of Will Hobbs here, made him look semi, semi-strong. And then I've looked at the rundown for AEW Dark this week. He is fighting another unknown, so he will probably win that. So this might be the start of some Will Hobbs love. Oh, that's good. Like, I, th- th- this is, uh, and we're going off topic here, but this is one of my sort of gripes around AEW Dark. It beca- every match is just a, a spot match, where a squash match, and it's just, um, I just, I can't sit through it, especially if it's an hour and a half long. Give me uh, it's two hours minutes, last week, or every week. I know they've got a big roster and they they want to give everyone a bit of time, but they need to do something. A, a bit better with that and i know and it's annoying me i know they're throwing storylines on it and stuff like that i miss out but i can't sit through the the squash matches there's just too many i I appreciate a squash match or two that has to happen in the show but it is every match yeah and they've got a little bit better in the last couple of weeks putting on like two teams or two people that are semi like the same level that you think this could go either way, but generally 95% squashes. Um, yeah, the AEW Dark is just there to pad records at this stage. And mm. <clears throat> like when it's two hours long, I'm like, no. I mean, I watched it, but I was like, no, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Which isn't ideal. But yeah, so they need to do something better with Dark. Either shorten it up or make uh, some of the matches a little bit more interesting. Maybe they're, maybe they're going to try and do that uh, going forward, but I wouldn't wouldn't hold my breath. Uh, we have to talk about Matt Seidel. So he <laughs> he was the joke. He was the final entrant. Now, bearing in mind, going into this event, <clears throat> the news that came out earlier in the week was Brock Lesnar is a free agent. So his merchandise has come off the WWE store. Um, he's been a free agent since the end of WrestleMania, but people have only just started talking about it. I don't think there's ever a realistic sort of anyone in their right mind thought Brock Lesnar's going to be the final entrant here and win it. But it was, that was circulating. So there's that to deal with and people thinking, well, maybe it's Matt Seidel. Who's 
been in WWE. He's known as Evan Bourne. Um, I actually used to quite like him when he was Evan Bourne. I've not seen him on any of the indies or stuff after that, so kind of good to see him back. He's the big firework entry. They're like Matt Seidel, Joker, he comes in. He knee strikes Sean Spears, like a nice, tight-looking knee strike. Goes onto the top rope. He's going to do a, a, what I can only assume was a shooting star press on Will Hobbs, and he slips. And just as he goes to jump, he slips. And I don't know how he doesn't break his neck, I'm thankful he didn't, but what... I mean, we love Botchamania. This is now going to be the main event of the newest Botchamania. What, I feel terrible for Matt Sidey. I'm glad he's okay, but what a <laughs> what a disaster, well, really. Uh, the thing is, as well, with it, that, that was his spot in the whole um, yeah. the Battle Royale. And actually, after that, he just fell into the background. Mm. Uh, and so, like, if he wanted a big entrance... He hasn't got it, and actually, like for <laughs> people now, just think, well, you're just going to fall into the middle of the card now, and uh, I, I'm not too worried. I, 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 this is one of the things I do like about AEW is the commentary. Um, yeah. Not all of it; some of it's a bit pants, but actually, I like the way that they they're, they're quite human about it. If anything, oh, yeah. and they're like, they're like, come on, mate, get back up and give it another go and stuff like that. Mm. And in my head, I think I would have. I feel like that's what I would have liked to have seen Matt Sydal if if he could have get up and but instead he looked like and I don't know whether it's because he was hurt or whatever but he did scowl in that corner for a little bit too long yeah uh, and I just thought oh well that's <laughs> it you, you, I don't know whether you're sulking because it went wrong or whether you're hurt or whatever but that that that's you know you've, you've lost whatever brownie points you're going to get from me and they've uh, they they've now gone off to someone else so yeah and, and the interesting thing you was right they were mentioned about Brock Lesnar the whole week I was listening to a a Q&A with Tony Khan like yeah. the day before and they went oh what about Brock Lesnar and Tony Khan goes oh, I can't talk about it you know mm. and stuff like that and you think oh maybe uh, realistically it's never going to happen but you think oh maybe um, but yeah Matt yeah, Brock Lesnar Matt Sidell, it's, it's, it's it doesn't really compare but um, I, I do feel sorry for him but now he's just forever in my mind. Just if he, he shouldn't be anywhere near the top, he really needs to pull it all out now because that's all I'm going to think about whenever I see Matt Sydal go out oh, the slippy, yeah. slippy bloke off the top rope. Poor fucker. Well, Lance Archer won it, 22 minutes, and then we got a video package um, for Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. A broken rules match this was tabled as. I didn't know what that meant. I thought it just meant... I, I, I wondered whether it was going to be a cinematic match because Matt Hardy infamous for sort of not creating it but certainly back in the day he was one of the first to be doing it on like the hardy compound for for impact and whatnot but it was a last man standing match so why it couldn't just be called that i don't know because it has been throughout history but anyway anyway the other added stipulation is that matt hardy will leave AEW if he loses and normally it's a throwaway stipulation um, but for this match i think it actually ended up having quite a heavy bearing on what took place now mm-hmm. first of all the match started outside which i wasn't really prepared for like hardy showed up near the, the football field where we saw the uh uh what was it called the the stadium stampede match and asked for Guevara to show up Guevara shows up in a, a golf cart hardy easily avoids it as you would in most cases avoid a, a golf cart going at that pace um, pretty poor driving from Guevara's standpoint. Hardy DDT Sammy on a metal picnic table. They go into, I don't know, not a cherry picker, but like a skyjack, I guess, whatever you call that lift. Had a little brawl up there. Hardy goes for 
I think he was going for the side effect, as he calls it, but Guevara counts it, counters it and ends up doing like a, a spear off of the lift. The, the aim is to land on two tables that are set up below them. Now, Matt Hardy's lower back lands pretty much on the tables, but the rest of his upper body doesn't. He, the back of his head slams on the cement floor and for 45 seconds, he looks like he might be dead. Seriously, I was watching it on replay and I thought, oh my God, what did that looked bad? And sometimes stuff looks bad and you think, oh, I've done a really good job. It looks really good. But then they showed the replay. I was like, no, he smashed the back of his head off the floor, back concrete there. And he's laying there, laying there. Guevara gets up, which he shouldn't have done. He should have, the referee should have said, stay down and we'll just call this off. Uh, asked for the count to be initiated. And I was like, at that point, I was a bit like, okay, maybe this is a work. Like, maybe he is okay. Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't do the count unless Matt Hardy could get up. And Matt sort of is, and, and by this point, by the way, I should say, the ref has already put the X sign up for like a doctor to come. Don't know where the doctor was. Didn't turn up till later. Um, Matt Hardy gets up on like eight, just about. I think Sammy goes over there and starts fumbling with him. And he cannot even walk. He, he, they're scrambling. He grabs Sammy's trunks and pulls it down, exposing Sammy's pale ass, which is paler than his normal skin, unbelievably. Like you can almost see his heart, how pale that guy is. And uh, his ass is even paler. And uh, by that point, it's clear that Matt Hardy is seemingly on a different planet. And the referee calls for the the X again, and eventually the bell rings. And um, you think, fucking hell. At least the right things happened. They go back to JR, they go back to Shivani, and JR does a good job of saying, look, the match, we're not going to see the finish of this match because something serious has happened. Matt's got a family, blah, blah, blah. And every wrestling fan at that point would be like, okay, like, we'll just move on. The, the, the stipulation doesn't matter. Maybe they can just say it was a draw because both men were up. I don't know what they're going to do. And we cut back to the, the backstage. Matt is running to find Sammy. They literally do a few little punches, a little bit of brawling, go towards the scaffold. Both climb up there, including Matt Hardy, who four minutes ago was knocked out cold, seemingly. Uh, Sammy is punched, falls off onto a, a crash pad, and that's the 10 count of the match ends. I mean, what was going on here? Why was the match even going on after Hardy was seemingly dead? So I felt sorry for Audrey Hepburn a lot of the, the time. Because like, I'd imagine when you're a ref, obviously, you're worried about, you know, the safety of the competitors as well. And you could tell she was worried when Matt was there. I think when Sammy Guevara called for the 10 count, in my head, I was like, well, all right, this is a way of sort of finishing the match and getting the doctor over to him really quickly and then being able to cut away. And they could have done something afterwards, like, as you said, change the specification. I, in my head, I already... I was thinking, well, maybe Matt will lose and he'll lose like one of his personalities, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So like he could, he could have just said, oh, well, luckily there's, you know, six Matt Hardy personalities and, you know, you've only that one personality is never going to come back and just pick the one that nobody cares about. Yeah. Um, and, and that was a way to get around that rule. But yeah, it, I, yeah, unfortunately, I, I think fortunately and unfortunately, Matt Hardy did seem to sort of gain a little bit of consciousness before that 10 count finished and it was yeah. like... And then that sort of stopped it. Cause I think if he hadn't, that was it. Like that was it over. And I think Sammy 
was I think he didn't really know what to do. He's young. He's like be, being in this situation must what? be a bit of uh, a strange thing for him. But I think AW they they were one of the things that I was thinking about when watching this was Tony Khan was talking about you know the concussions um, mm. and they're quite keen and all that type of stuff. And I was thinking straight away then I was thinking if you're really keen on that, you stop this match. You don't care about you know the pay per view and what yeah. people might complain about and stuff like that. It, Matt Hardy's. Um, health is the number one thing and like i think as you said if they'd called it off at that point everyone accepts it these things happen a lot some of the most people that i think watch AEW are generally old enough to remember what happened to Owen Hart, and so no one wants to see that happen again no um and and so i i i felt like it was the wrong move i think even if matt hardy because he's concussed at that point and he won't know news and he's just thinking can i get back to the job and we've seen this in other professional sports i know there's been a lot banging on about him like football and rugby yeah. in the UK and stuff like that, where some we've seen people try to get back on the field and they've had to sort of say, no, you're not allowed to go back on anymore because, you know, they just don't know what they're doing. And when he was stumbling all over the place, I was thinking, right, this is just a sign to, to stop it. You could even hear, and obviously they went back because Matt Hardy was like, oh, I need to go and finish it and stuff like that. And I felt like probably Matt sort of demanded that happen, but they should have just not listened to him because he wasn't in the right frame of mind. But they clearly did. Um, and they said, look, we're going to finish it really quickly. And the way they finished it was probably meant to be the way they finished the whole match. Oh, yeah. But they yeah. were probably going to build up to it. Yeah. And it, but the way, because Matt wasn't there, it, Sammy was just like, they just quickly climbed up there, let Matt get out and literally throw a crappy punch on him and, and he fell. And it's like, well, I get that's what the ending was going to be. But actually it meant nothing at that point. And I, I could, it's the only reason you've done that is so Matt doesn't have to, um, keep the specification and stuff like that. I get it and stuff like that. Um, but it just was, it just was, a, it was a shit ending. If I'm being honest, if we talk about the story in itself and not what happened to Matt, that ending because of the whole thing that happened before was crap and it shouldn't have happened. They should have just let the bar it. win it. Yeah. All. It wasn't, it wasn't. And you felt, you see how here Audrey shouting at them going, come on guys, finish this and stuff like that. And like, she's that's not her saying you know being a referee that's her being just a human saying look if you're going to finish it finish it fucking quickly and like this because this is matt needs help and you could just tell he did um yeah. so um yeah it was, it was it was a bit like i felt like the hairs on my arms sort of going in when you know you're seeing something that's just not right if that makes sense and yeah. um i i just wish they'd stopped it at that point i've even on my notes when i've I put a foot Matt Hardy knocked out question mark question mark because I wasn't sure at the time whether it was or a, uh, a piece they were doing because I think oh maybe he's doing really good and then just at the point I think when he started stumbling around I, I wrote on my notes stop the match um, <laughs> yeah just because I didn't care at that point I just wanted it to be over and I don't want to watch stuff like that as well so it's like I think it was counterproductive they should have just stopped it and they could have they could have addressed it in the next episode instead now they're going to have to dress it up as in oh Matt Hardy was fine yeah da, 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 da. he's now not leaving Sammy and they're going to have to play that story whereas I think mm. they probably both would have made more money off it if they just left it as the way it is because they could have really they could have made a better story off it um if that's why they really wanted to go but hey ho. yeah i mean one of the the things that's cost them here is in, in my opinion like a pointless stipulation of hardy having to leave um had he lost it <clears throat> i don't think you should do those stipulations unless you're going to follow through with them because it really, if something goes wrong, like it did in this match, it was quite clear something went wrong. It really puts you in a difficult position, like not just storyline wise, but the competitors as well. Matt Hard is probably thinking shit if he was thinking at all. Like I have to, I can't not win this because the stipulations there. One famous one is when Steve Austin took on Owen Hart for the Intercontinental Title, SummerSlam '97, I think it was, and uh, Owen Paul drove Austin on his neck like almost paralyzed him 
Um, and normally you just end the match because Austin couldn't could barely move. But the stipulation for the match was if Austin loses, he has to kiss Owen Hart's ass, and you can't be getting out of that. So whenever you do these stipulations, unless your outcome is going to be the stipulation is going to be invoked, you're, you're kind of restricting, you know, what people. Again, I, I agree. People would have given a shit about the stipulation, but to maintain that this is, you know, a show and it's consistent, you give yourself problems like this. And I remember the one they did with Cody, which was if Cody loses to Jericho at full gear, he was full gear last year, and he can never challenge for the AEW title again. And guess what? Cody lost. And he, you know, up until now has not challenged. I don't think he will for a very long time. But I don't know. If you're going to do the stipulation, it has to be something that isn't so detrimental that if you need to use it, that it gets pulled in. Now, the one thing we can say is that Matt Hardy has gone, he went to hospital and he passed an MRI and a CT scan, was not diagnosed with a a concussion and was released from hospital the following day. He's due to appear on Dynamite this week. He's obviously not going to be wrestling in a scaffold match this Wednesday. He's just going to be cutting a, a promo, you'd think. But... What a mess. I mean, there's, there's so many things I thought was wrong with this. One, where if the doctors... If you're doing a stunt or a spot like that, the doctor should always be off camera, like nearby. It felt like he was sitting at ringside, and then when Aubrey called for him, like he was like, shit, I've got to move. Because he wasn't there the first time the X went up. I didn't see him anyway. I don't know if you did. I could be wrong. No. Um, and then, yeah, to let it continue just poor. This is what Tony Khan said. Matt had taken a fall in the match. I stopped the match, paused the match, and sent the doctor to check on him. So that kind of plays in that the doctor wasn't on site. And like, if you're doing something like this, he should be on site. I was concerned that Matt could be hurt, so I rang the bell to stop the match. When asked about Dr. Michael Sampson's decision to let Hardy continue, Khan said that when the doctor checked him, the doctor passed him and cleared him on the protocol. There was a good amount of time to make the decision and let the match continue. The doctor did clear him. Matt did not pressure him. And Dr. Sampson would not be pressured into clearing anybody. So what they're claiming is that Sampson sat down with him, done some sort of rapid concussion protocol test, and Matt passed it. Now, we've watched football. We've watched rugby. I've seen these tests. They they're not done in less than four minutes like they did here. They're, they're usually a lot longer. So, I don't know. Feels like this, they, it feels like Khan's also throwing Samson under the bus a bit there as well. Like, to me, that sort of says, hey, it's, it's not on any of us. The doctor the doctor said it was fine, and it's just a bit it's just a bit crap. I just, I'd rather AEW just say, we got it wrong. Yeah. We, we need to address this moving forward. We need forward to change because, our protocols. And if yeah, someone gets because, loses consciousness, we just stop the match. It shouldn't be, oh, we stop the match because they've lost consciousness and then we carry on afterwards. It should be, just stop it and end it. It's done then. Because yeah. no, Matt could no have fallen gonna... off that fucking scaffold. Someone said, oh, it's okay because Matt didn't take any bumps afterwards, so he wasn't going to get a second concussion. And I was like, he climbed up about 15 foot on a scaffold. He could have slipped off that and fell. Yeah, and it wasn't even like a, a nice bit of scaffold where there was like a, an no, easy ladder. It's it like on the side. And I was thinking, and they climb up like verti- um, like triangle places. So it's not even flat. And I was thinking, 
Christ, how high do they have to get? You know, I just, uh, I just wish they didn't do that, 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 that second part. I wish they had just called the match and just been like, hey, you know, it's for the best of everyone. I think people would have been much preferred that of AEW. I think it would show a lot more of AEW as well. I think mm-hmm. AEW sort of aimed towards like this older generation a little bit more than than WWE, so we would, would get it a lot more. And actually, yeah, it just, I think people would have been like, we get it. Like, you know, these things happen. And actually, it just to me, it sort of shows that. The, the guys and girls are really putting their bodies on the line for just the show. Yeah. Um, and I, I, we all enjoy the, the show. I and mean, we just don't want anyone to get, you know, seriously hurt. Yeah. Agreed. Be interesting. I feel a bit sorry for Sammy Guevara. Obviously this, I don't think this could have been avoided. It wasn't any of their fault. It's just one of these things that happened, but he's had a torrid run of like some, some of it self-inflicted. Like he, he, you know, a podcast was, was pulled up. Um, from four years ago of him saying he wanted to rape I can't remember which WWE superstar it was the one with blue hair that goes Bailey no not Bailey the one that hangs around with Bailey Sasha Banks that's it Banks yeah so he said I wanted to I think that's what he said and he you know he was four years old and he got he got sent to sensitivity training he had four weeks out so he's already on the marked list he comes back and then within two weeks he throws a, a chair at Matt Hardy's head Really hard. Matt can't block it, and it splits Matt open. That was not planned, and uh, he got told off for that. And then now he's involved in this debacle. It's just like maybe we should just end this feud now and let these they say look the, the the wrestling gods don't want this feud to continue. Someone's going to get hurt. Let's just put these two and put them on their separate ways, and then or maybe put them together, and then that way they haven't got to fight each other. But I feel a little bit sorry for Guevara because he's had like I said some of it's self inflicted, but then the other two parts kind of out of his just a bit of a bit unlucky and, and he kind of been seen as someone who's maybe reckless i don't think that's quite the case but we'll see anyway matt hardy's not dead like his t-shirt says he can't die which i was like god <laughs> when i look back at that i was like jesus he's right the man <laughs> maybe is indestructible but um he won the broken rules match in nine minutes according to wikipedia women's title match we rag on the women because it's not they're just not up to scratch really but we had Shida versus Thunder Rosa, who is the NWA Women's Champion. Uh, what did you think of this? 16 minutes, well, almost 17 minutes, and Shida retains over Thunder Rosa, which I don't think anyone was querying because when you have a champion coming from another promotion, you're not going to put the belt on them. But what did you think of Shida versus Thunder Rosa, and, and, and is Thunder Rosa someone that AEW might want to try and get if she comes available in the future? Uh, I, I was generally really impressed with this match. I enjoyed it. I, I think in my notes here as well, it was a much needed wrestling match after uh, a battle royal and then what happened with Matt Hardy. It yeah. just felt like I just, it, it it wasn't like what I call like spectacularly brilliant. Both uh, women were, were great wrestlers and, and I think Thunder Rosa had some really good moves and I think it was just what I needed actually after all what had happened. It felt like I was going back to watching some wrestling um, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was actually a good, uh, a really good match. Um, I was really impressed with Thunder Rosa. I'd love her to be in AEW but I'm not sure she will until whenever NWA contract uh, uh, finishes and I don't know how long that is. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like they, they had to do it in such a way as well where 
they had to put Thunder Rosa over to show that she was a really good competitor and yeah. she is. And so she was going to dominate that match, which she did. Um, but they needed Cheetah to, to, to win, to keep the title unless they'd done something with Rosa behind the scenes, like brought her in and no one had realized. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think that was always the way it was going to happen because NWA wouldn't let their, their number one woman go over there and just, you know, get beaten the crap out. Of so, um, yeah, I thought it was a good match. Um, I love little things in it. Not, I was really impressed with like when Excalibur uh, corrected. Um, I think it was Shivani or, or JR to say, no, no, I should be the triple champ. Uh, but just because <laughs> yeah, I, that, yeah. that's the awareness of the wrestling world that I want from my, uh, uh, commentators i want that they, they know that type of stuff and they have that knowledge of everything that's going on around the world so they can just lean on that bit of knowledge this, this, that's the type of knowledge i wouldn't have as a casual watching it no but i want someone that has the that's their job to know that type of thing and actually let me know so I, I, little things like that um which was really good so overall i, I really like the match um yeah rosa came across really well i'd love to hear her in aw i feel like she's definitely a step up from most of the women in the current AEW uh, division. I just don't think we'll, we'll see her again for a little while. <clears throat> no. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a decent enough match. I actually preferred Thunder Rose's match on dynamite against Serena D. I thought that was a better match than this, but still better than most of the women's matches we get. Yeah. Good to call out Excalibur. It was good to see him back because we hadn't had him for about at least a month because of a, uh, a self-imposed exile, a, a a video had a, had surfaced where he had used a, a racial slur um, in a promo for a wrestling match. And I think Kevin um, Owens also used the same slur. So it was those two. And he felt, with everything that's going on, he didn't want to, like you know, put pressure or, or cause the company to have any heat. So as, as it came out and surfaced, he, he sort of took a self-imposed exile. And I think that the, the commentary was, at least for a couple of weeks, not very good with Taz, Shivani and JR, just because they don't know enough. Like, I'd, I never really thought I'd miss Excalibur, but he doesn't half bring a, a level of knowledge that's it's kind of important in today's game. Like, he knows the moves, whereas JR and Shivani and Taz just sort of guess... And, uh, yeah, good to see him back. And uh, he, he made some good calls. Eight-man tag match. Oh, I think you're missing... Before you go on to this, oh, no, there was the bit... Kip came up at this yeah. point. And I actually... I, I, I have not mentioned this before. Because uh, actually, in my head, I was like, why... So, so generally, when I watch... Um, uh, a dynamite um i i'm not mass I, I like it but i always see he's always in the corner isn't he with his little sign and stuff like that um and so you know he's not got a match because he's always sat there or something yeah. like that um uh, but you would have assumed he was definitely prime candidate to be in the battle royal like he was in the ladder match yeah um, and he was one of the better characters in that ladder match actually but um he wasn't didn't come out in that and i was thinking oh what's happened to him where is he uh, and i couldn't i just thought maybe he covid positive or something like that you know staying away yeah. but actually the he did the segment where he um him and uh penelope uh, uh got and gonna get married live on on tv which this this, this does seem to be a uh, a wrestling phenomena where they'll have a wedding on the tv side by the wwe um way back um but it, i think that was a nice little nod to you know olden days where you would have these these weddings on on the on wrestling which is a bit strange but you know i, I thought it's fun um and i think it's interesting that there's clearly someone coming back 
for it that's going to be the best man that we don't know who it is I'm hoping in my head it isn't Pac because that's the worst time don't bring him back for that but I'm hoping <laughs> it's going to be um, someone uh, exciting or someone a little bit different because um, yeah. in my head I can't figure out who the best man is going to be at Dynamite so I'm quite looking forward to Dynamite on Wednesday because of that little segment um, and I think equally in a, in a funny sort of way it was nice to have um, Kip come up on the pay-per-view I felt like he helped carried a company a bit not he didn't carry it but like it was consistent like a dynamite performer when the covid stuff just happened yeah, yeah. he was always there where there was a lot of people that couldn't make it and stuff like that and it's nice that the company had given back i think to or he's given back to him especially as he's had the, the rough time of uh, jimmy havoc being kicked out where he was getting over quite well with that yeah. and, and so like he's sort of had it a little bit rough in terms of you know not making it back onto the main card because of all these things that's not really out of his out of his control i also felt it's funny that the 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 AEW used this to have a, a, a little dig at uh, the WWE yeah. where he held up his sign saying uh, for his Twitch channel, which uh, I'm actually subscribed to, but uh, I think I've watched it a few times. He's, he's all right. It's good. It's good. Fun. He's, he's not like Kip um, on the, uh, in the show, which is quite nice because it's, it's more human, but um, yeah. uh, it's nice, you know, that with AEW had, had the little dig at the WWE, but gave him the promotion as well, where they say this is uh, approved by the AEW or whatever it was. Cause obviously earlier in the week it came out, Vince had told basically anyone on cameo and all that type of stuff. Can't, um, can't be on there uh, unless he's making the bucks as well. So um, yeah, I enjoyed that little, little section Just a little bit, but I thought it was nice to add in. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure about this wedding. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Like, maybe they'll do a good job of it, but they, they tend to end in disaster. Just to annoy you, I'm going to say Colt Cabana is going to be the best man. And um, maybe, maybe, maybe you like Colt Cabana now. He's, he's joined the dark order because uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was in action next Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno and Stu Gration. So that's like the A team, the dark order. Anyone else is the B team. They took on Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, Scorpio Sky and Matt Cardona had Ali and Brandy Rhodes at ringside as well. Um, eight man tag team match. The story going into this is that, Dustin mainly wants revenge on Brody Lee, who dismantled Cody and took the TNT Championship off him in a shock six to seven minute squash. And then, whilst Cody was being stretched out, he beat him up some more, and they they choked out Brandy Rhodes and just done some nasty things. Um, Fifteen minutes, the the Dark Order lose, but Brody Lee doesn't take the pin. It's it's Colt Cabana who essentially costs the Dark Order because. Brody Lee teed him up and he wanted to do a, a moonsault rather than just take the pin. He missed it and then was rolled up. What What did you make of this as a as a as a match, uh, an eight an eight man tag that's kind of halfway through the card at this point and the storyline going into it as well? Did it earn its place on the on the pay per view main card? So I I would probably say this is one that could have been headline in a dynamite rather than being on the pay per view. Yeah. I get like like for me this one you don't really get fan like there was good wrestling, but it wasn't spectacular wrestling and you never really get spectacular wrestling in an eight man tag just because there's too many people and there's too many people wanting their five minutes of fame and stuff yeah. like that. Um, like you're always waiting for like when does Scorpio sky get his little bit, which he came in like, you know, like towards the, the second half and stuff like that. And so you always sort of know everyone's going to get their moment and stuff like that. It's never just going to be, I don't know. It's just never, I just never find eight man tags that the best, wrestling matches um i felt like therefore this was more about the story um and actually going into it like 
the story obviously is with with with, with uh, Cody and all that stuff. I just felt it could have been done on a dynamite. That story uh, it would have been a really good one. I don't think it needed to roll in. I did, however, uh, enjoy the whole sort of Colt Cabana. You know, he's like I do prefer him this sort. Of, he's not changed his character, but I prefer him in this his character in this situation um, that he's in now. And I, I, and actually, I, I felt like that part of the storyline is actually something I'm more interested in. Like, what's going to happen after that? So I'm more interested now in moving forward in what's happening going to happen with Colt and the Dark Order because that's a really good story underground ground storyline that's that's been building for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks mm. and it was always gonna get to this point where colt, colt does something wrong that's you know that's gonna flip brody and 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 it's always like the innocent person that suddenly all gets turned on and stuff like that um so yeah i don't if i'm being honest i really don't care that about sort of like i, I feel like the dustin storyline's been forced on me a bit like <laughs> let let like, uh, yeah you want revenge for your brother dynamite here like i, I don't really really mind if Brody Lee doesn't it. fucking dismantle him on wednesday in under the time that cody did then there's problems 50 year old dustin should not be able to hang with Brody lee when he just destroyed his brother in six minutes so if if dustin lasts 10 minutes then they got the the storytelling backwards yeah, I I agree with that one. Like, um, it, it was will. nice to see you know Dustin get his title, his shot at this title, but it could have been done on on Dynamite. This wasn't even for a title, so it, no. you know it felt like if we're talking about saving a bit of time yeah. um, on the card, which we have been, which we always talk about on these pay per views, this is one that probably could have been there, and I feel like this is one that could have easily been there decided before this. It wasn't because the match was bad or anything like that. It's just because you know in the grand scheme of things, there's probably bigger fish to fry yeah i agree i liked i mean it's 15 minute match so probably add two three maybe four minutes on for entrances you've lost you've saved 20 minutes almost and it yeah it could this this could have been a buying match as well right? yeah that this would have been a brilliant buying match yeah. actually it would have been if, if they topped this with the, as the buy-in match that this would have been a, it was a decent match. Like it wasn't yeah, bad. It would have been like to... people, like well-known people. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll. And the whole reason they do a buy is to make is to push people to buy the pay-per-view. And if you put people on like this and have a decent bit of storytelling, and, and having Dustin's promo at the end would have been a good way to sort of send off the the buy-in because I quite liked that at the end. They actually did a post-match interview which they never do in in many yep. events and i think they should do more of that even if and, and do some where it's not just setting up an angle for the next dynamite just have people react i'd love to see more of that that's just i've been watching old wcw and they do that quite a lot even after the main event they'll go back and like talk to flair and you're like yes get to see the winner <laughs> doused in champagne talking about why he was he's so great but um yeah, I mean, it could have been left. It wasn't a bad match, but I felt like of all the matches, you'd look at one and you think, right, this could have been taken out and put elsewhere. But um, we then get into our longest match. Little video package building this up. Adam Page, Kenny Omega versus FTR, who now have Tully Blanchard flanking them. I feel like Tully needs to get rid of Sean Spears because he's just dross. Like, replace Spears with someone decent... And then have FTR as like his tag team that he manages, and then make like a, a good stable. That's what I'm looking for Tully to do. He needs to cut his losses with Spears because last time we saw Spears on a pay per view, he was running around with Dustin Rhodes getting his trunks taken off and had a picture of, Dust, of, of Tully's face on his pants. So that's not what you want. But this match, so here's my view it was 29 minutes, nearly 30 minutes. If it had gone in front of a live crowd, it would have been much, much better, which is can be said for a lot of matches, but particularly with long matches, 
it helps and sometimes it saves them but by this point I felt the crowd were flat even the people in the front row weren't reacting they're planted there so maybe think about rotating people out halfway through the event if people can't keep their energy levels up and the crowd in the building you couldn't hear them I don't know if that's an issue of just having live crowds back that there's so few of them they're scattered about that they don't make much noise but I really think that this would have been a, a really, really good match in front of a crowd. But as it was in this pandemic era with the atmosphere suffered, that 29 minutes was just way too long, way too long. And FTR win the belts after a little bit of a miscommunication from Omega and Adam Page. It's Kenny's fault this time. Um, and it took two spike pile drives to put Hangman down, which it was a bit of an anti-climax. I was like, right, wait, they're doing the same move again? Okay. And they won it with that. I was like, uh, fine. But what do you make of this match? Because this was, I felt like they were trying to live up to the Young Bucks match and it was never going to work. Yeah, I, uh, I I, didn't really enjoy this match, if I'm being honest. And um, There's probably going to be people that are going throwing like, their, their paper at me like Brody does to um, John Silver in, um, in BTE. But um, like, it's... Um, for me, this was the match that sort of made me start going a bit sleepy towards mm. the end. And this is when, at the point, actually, I did pause uh, the, watching the pay-per-view and came back to it later after the end of this match. I, it just went on too long. I, I think FTR are a good all-round team and they're, like, they're brilliant, pure and pure wrestlers. But I think it's the same when I watch a lot of the old, my, the old school wrestling. If it's a lot of pure and pure wrestling, if they're longer matches, they do tend to become very feel like very samey and i'm like thinking all right well i appreciate the moves going on here but like it's just it, I, at no point is there any sort of anything like a, that i feel like i'm being you want like a gear or, change don't you like yeah it's like what happened very... in the the omega and young bucks match that that was that was constantly just ratcheting up the gears and yes they had a live crowd to feed off which massively helped but yeah they kind of feel sometimes a bit one level and they, yeah, I and, think you're right when you say gear change because that, that it's like driving on a motorway. You're just you're just going at this. You're going fast and you're going mm. like it's the, the best your car's probably performing. But you don't know. It just feels like it's just it feels one level and you, you you never sort of like yeah kick up in a gear and then speed off out because you're you're at that sort of top level all the way throughout and it just therefore was just a bit dull. I found like there was good spots in it. Don't get me wrong, and there were some really good bits. And you're probably right with the crowd probably would have helped, but I I, I hadn't thought about how long it went because I, I just i did find it a little bit boring yeah so what do you think about this the story that's come out the back of this because it, it was alluding to leading up to this that page might be turning heel because he he cost the young bucks their match their, their shot basically the title by holding them in the in the gauntlet match and, and costing them and then at the end of this it seemed like kenny was heelish and sort of stormed off had a bit of a paddy let let poor hangman who just took two spike pile drivers full flat didn't help him up or anything just stormed out then goes to the young bucks and, and is ranting saying i'm done let's go come with me now all this stuff the bucks don't which i thought was interesting um where are we we going with that i mentioned earlier on that we, we wanted the bucks maybe to turn heel but now we've got ftr as the champions who are heels i think I don't know. They clearly want to do the Young Bucks vs FTR match, but they can't have them with both heels doing it. So what are we going to do? Yeah, well, I feel like Bucks obviously could go heel, but they could go like what I call the anti-hero, where people quite like him. A bit like, you know, you look at someone like Pac, he's clearly a heel, but people 
really like him because mm. he plays that hill really well and um uh, and, and so forth and so you're booing when the, you know um he's he's against the really goody goody two shoes but actually they, they they will also then take out the people that you don't like as well um so so potentially the bucks could go that way i've got a theory if that's the best way to put it i think kenny's has always been the one that's going to turn hill out of the group mm. and so this to me that kenny i think in terms of the whole time i've been watching wrestling uh, which isn't massive but like if you go back to early times kenny's probably the best storyteller i think i've ever watched in a in a wrestling ring just i think he does things that just you know just little things drops hints here and then and they sort of manifest over time and he doesn't rush his stories as well and so they they slowly come out and if i don't know if you remember the time when it was um i can't remember it was a, i think it probably was an eight-man tag actually thinking about it or is the or but is the time do you remember where um Kenny uh, just jumped onto Marco Stunt and started beating the crap out of him in the ring after the bell had, had gone and everyone went, oh, stop it, stop it. And yeah, he was like, yeah. I'm sorry and stuff like that. And then I think there was a bit later on, and, and this is what I mean about AEW having these multiple channels. Like, I think it was on a BTE episode yeah. where um, yeah. where he went to, they went to say sorry to him. He's like, oh yeah, I feel really bad. I did a sorry. But then as it panned away afterwards, he was like laughing as if like, hey, mm. he quite enjoyed that. And I was thinking, uh, there's, a, there's a dark side to Kenny here that 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 they haven't really tapped into, but it could be quite interesting. Uh, and I feel like they, they, I feel like this they're slowly lit out. And uh, when seeing that, you're right. I did think maybe Hangman could be the heel turn out of everyone and stuff like that. But actually, I've seen Hangman as people sort of feeling sorry for. You know, he made this mistake. You know, he's a bit of a drunk, but he's that lovable drunk because you know you want him to drink beer because that's these characters that you it's really like. Johnson. A bit like. A, yeah, or Stone Cold Steve Austin in <laughs> people that don't know Johnson. Um, so, uh, but you want him to do that. So, um, so I do think Kenny's probably the one out of everyone that could really turn heel. But it would be, a, I think people would actually really dig it as well. And I think Kenny could sort of play it quite well. Mm. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. I mean, that's just a theory for right now. There, but the way it finished, where Kenny's storming off, it's like we well, didn't need to storm off, did he? And he no. actually, you looked at the end and you thought, well, actually. You know, Paige did turn up and Paige was probably the better wrestler out of the two of them. And yeah. he was left to take all this. And Kenny could have just, you know, he could have been frustrated and felt like it all got on top of him. But yeah, um, maybe I think I think Kenny might be the hill, hill turn there. And I feel like this is just the end of not the end of the elite, but it's them sort of going in slightly different directions. So mm-hmm. like, I, I, like you're going to have Kenny and Hangman that are probably going to go singles. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some sort of run in between them coming further down the line where Kenny is turned, has sort of turned a bit more hill and every, then you've got Hangman and stuff like that. And I feel like that's a, a match. A lot of people would love to see. Um, yeah. And then obviously you've got the bucks therefore obviously concentrate more on the, 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 um, the tag team belts now um, and then slowly going after uh, the FTR. Cause I feel like that's one they're going to probably build, spend a bit of time building up to. And I don't even know if that'll happen this year. That might happen at the following pay-per-view because something gets in the Bucks way. Cause something always seems to get in the Bucks way. Yeah. From yeah. getting the titles. Um, so, so yeah, um, I guess the one thing that I, I, is interesting about this match now is all men's titles are held by previous WWE employees, which <laughs> peeved me off when I, uh, that happened because i was thinking crikey you got Brody lee who's, who's, who's obviously just left the wwe ftr who's just left the wwe yeah. and mox who came across about a year ago had just left the wwe yeah. and at this moment in time uh without giving the spoilers away from the main fight which we'll come to everyone had all the wwe uh ex-wwe employees 
have got the belts and I, I just hope that their contracts are not like they're coming over like we should we have to win the belt pretty soon within our first year and that, yeah. that AW are abiding to that because you know there's plenty of talent there that I'd like to see have a chance with the belt and it, to me that'd be that feel at the moment it doesn't feel like AEW have sort of taken steps onto their own feet they're sort of still propped up a little bit by the WWE but you know having some of their own champions would just do that for me yeah I, I think they need to start to do that the other way you could look at it is that they're kind of showing WWE look you had these people who were misused not used look what we've done to them in a matter of three months like it might be that it's more of an advert for other people that might be thinking of jumping ship. It's like, look what we've done for these people who were going to be like FTR, for example, we've, we've all seen the stories about what Vince wanted them to wear and do. He wanted to be a comedy act and they didn't want to do it. And it was like, you come over here, you can kind of be yourselves and, and make a success of yourself. Yes. It's piggybacking on old WWE people and they probably should maybe put some originals in there. But to be honest, like, WWE signed so many people and had so many people on their roster. You're, it's hard to find someone who hasn't been there. And yeah, but I, well, I guess what I mean is more prominent WWE. But straight employees. from there and over. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't feel like, yeah, to me, like, I don't know, like we, we hear a lot of talk in AEW and oh, we got these these young, you know, the Jungle Boys, the MJFs, the Sammy Guevara's, the Darby Allens, which have sort of, you know, sort of come through the ranks and the indie scenes and stuff like that. And I'm just sort of waiting for the opportunity for those guys to get the opportunity with the belt and see what they can mm. do with it instead of just giving the guys that have been over at WWE coming straight over and getting a chance with the belt. Um, I do feel like some of them do help carry it. Um, like uh, like you know in Jericho they had to put the belt on Jericho yeah. that that really helps the the company and stuff like that but I think at this stage you know if they hadn't given the belts to FTR I probably wouldn't have been disappointed no, um, yeah. equally so uh, without giving what uh, what happens away in the next match if the belt then fell on to MJF I also wouldn't be disappointed with that because I feel like oh that, that that's nice you know we're now starting to see you know some of this stuff that AEW are talking about uh, given their chance but maybe that's to come maybe I'm expecting that a little bit too soon and maybe that's not part of their business plan yet yeah it might be just they want to establish these people that people know like say okay you may have seen them on the other show they, they're they a big deal here look at what they can do and people go oh yeah they are then when they're at their peak you then maybe pass the torch to the originals or the younger people and then that mean means a bit more I don't know that's one way of looking at it yeah then get an interview with Jericho backstage, a little pre-match interview talking about the Mimosa Mayhem match that's upcoming. Jericho pretty much says that he's, <laughs> he's, he's, I don't know if he's breaking down the fourth wall, but he's talking about how he's made Orange Cassidy hit main event star and it was an experiment for him, which if you follow his podcast or if you listen to him, like he was not a fan of Orange Cassidy when he first saw him. And then as he started getting some traction, he kind of realised and then wanted to work with him. So it's not a... It's not a, a lie to say that, but we had our Mimosa Mayhem match. It was a very, it was a stipulation match. You know, it was a bit of a gimmick match. We had the Mimosa or the Bucks Fizz, as we would call it over here, um, filled two gallons worth of, or sorry, two big pools or vats, as they call it. Um, if you, you could win by pin, submission, or by submerging your opponent into the Bucks Fizz or the Mimosa, we ran for 15 minutes. He ends up with Le Champion taking the fall into the mimosa, you said that wouldn't happen. You said Cassidy's going to lose. And yet we wake up Sunday, we watch it, and we see that Chris Jericho is covered in mimosa and now officially loses the trilogy. How do you feel about that? I I, I feel a bit 
um, uh, upset. I, I I just like Jericho. I think that's more it, what it is. I just I just want Jericho to to win all the time. Um, but yeah, I I can get it. Like I I think what Jericho's doing now, and actually what a lot of the the sort of what I call the old guys in the company, a bit like the Cody's, the bit like the Matt Hardy's. It feels like they know their worth. They know they can bring a lot to the table, a lot of people in, but they now want to also help the new guys coming through. And if they can see someone with a bit of talent that might not get an opportunity elsewhere or that they need mm. to help sort of push them along um, or give them the opportunity with their like limelight, they've got the money, they've got the, you know, the accolades next to their name. They don't need that anymore. And they can spend that time, you know, helping these guys. And I felt like, you know, that was the type of thing that, that Jericho and, and Orange Cassidy was doing. I just said it sort of broke down the fourth wall where Jericho sort of come full circle now in terms yeah. of, you know, not 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 giving him credit to actually going over on him. Um, in terms of the match itself, it, uh, I, I, it's, it's what it is. It's, no, it was like, over, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's over the top. It's Jericho. You know, it's all uh, a bit bit crazy and a bit wacky. And that's sort of what, you, what you're expecting now of a Jericho uh, match. And it's, it's quite nice. And that's how they've sort of been building up with, you know, being doused in bubbly earlier and dynamite and then Jericho being doused in orange juice and stuff like that. You wanted this big sort of elaborate ploy and, and stuff like that. And I thought it was, it was, it was a nice match. It wasn't like, it wasn't right home to kids about match, but it was like, it was the type of thing that you'd like, Oh, that's, that's quite nice. It broke up, um, some, some, some good wrestling matches in between and stuff like that. And, uh, I'd be interested to see what they do with Cassidy after this, because it's given him that platform, but I just, I don't know where he goes. So in my head, I don't know. Yeah, How can I you then go, put him? I, I want to go back to him slow again. Like I, I, I do. I enjoyed that he's come out of this comfort zone for a bit, but also put yourself back in that box because I don't want too much of that because that ruins your character. I like this whole you're not really involved in much and just like just turn up. Like he did that for a good year uh, mm. until he met up with Pack and did that one little thing, and then everyone's like, oh wow. So go back to that little box for a little bit and maybe come out. And it's nice know to know that you know Cassie's got that in the pocket, but don't overuse that. Don't do it every pay per view. Don't. Do it, do it once, maybe twice a year. Uh, don't don't do it all the time because he lo- it will lose that that laziness appeal if they do try and overdo it. Yeah, I think the reason. The... Sorry, I, I was going to say the reason that I think like what they tried to show here was like Jericho really got under Cassidy's skin, and that's yeah. what really made him like the fire under his ass. Whereas you know, you're going to have to get someone else to come in and do that. You hope he's like the fire under his ass hasn't been just now unlit for everyone, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that does make sense. And going back to like, we talked about WWE champions and whatnot. Jericho did hold the belt. You know, Orange Cassidy now has a has a series win, if you want to call it that, a trilogy win over a former the former AW champion. So it means, I and, and to be honest, this match... Uh, it, let's be honest it don't mean a shit does it he knocks someone into a, a, a pool of orange juice and bubbly like it's not a clean win so Jericho hasn't really lost much but the record books will say that he beat Jericho 2-1 to one, the former AEW world champion and former WWE um, star so I think that just helps at Orange Cassidy I'm a bit worried what they do next for him I, I, I've got a feeling that whatever he does next will not be as good as this and maybe it can't be maybe it's a hard act to follow but i think he might go a bit backwards from here but i'm i would love to be proved wrong um we get a little commercial november the 7th aw full gear so we know the date of the next pay-per-view so only a couple of months so 
sort of one every three months-ish. That's a little bit sooner than normal. Although I remember last time this was quite a short run to, to full gear and there's a bit of a longer one to Revolution. Main event time. Moxley versus MJF. <sighs> the... <clears throat> The build for this has been a bit hot and cold for me. They it started well with the the election campaign with MJF, blah blah blah. Then it just sort of derailed a bit with with MJF turning into a little bit of a comedy like weasel, which is fine, but I wasn't really feeling it. And then on the dynamite before this, he bloodies Moxley and shows that you know he can be a vicious little bastard and I felt like that vicious little bastard should have been more prominent in this program needless to say they had a very quite a straightforward story to tell in and I like the fact they called this out because thinking about it I was like yeah Moxley does do that a lot like he likes to fight on the outside brawl and like he wears you down then he gets you in the ring and finishes you off and MJF was like I'm not going to let you do that I don't want to do that I want to just wrestle you I can out wrestle you and for the most part that's how the match went it was a cat and mouse game of MJF trying to avoid being on the outside with Moxley uh, and Moxley getting, I guess, out-wrestled in, inside the ring in, in many instances and having his shoulder and arm worked on. They'd done some good storytelling there and some good selling from Moxley. And it ended up with a, a stipulation that Moxley couldn't use his paragon, paradigm shift. And MJF, who is notorious for using cheating tactics, distracting the referee, hitting people with the diamond ring, which... When it was first announced, I thought, what a stupid idea, but they've at least they've been using it and carrying it on, and it's become part of MJF's character. He, Wardlow distracts the referee, goes to chuck the diamond ring to, to MJF. It looked like it was a bungled throw to me, so MJF can't pick it up. Moxley recovers, notices the referee's back is turned, and thinks, you know what, you're going to get a taste of your own medicine here. Nails him with a paradigm shift and pins him for the one, two, three, and he retains his title. What do you make of the the program we've just seen and then the match and the finish? Yeah, for me, like the build-up, as you said, was a bit hot and cold. For me, it wasn't just that. It just felt like the build-up could have been a lot longer in the in the works. Um, it, it just felt like, like, for example, like the whole um, Jericho uh, uh, Cassidy build-up. They were saying, "Oh, this has been six, uh, fourteen weeks in the works and stuff like that." Yeah. It felt like the MJF mocks in comparison to that was just like a, a, a pebble in the ocean. Uh, it didn't feel like it had like a massive, massive build-up. Like, it felt like it's like one of the those WWE sort of rush jobbies to get it out in a month. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, I don't feel like that was great for the the MJF character and and, and so forth. Um, I felt like this was one they could have bubbled on like under the the radar for quite some time, even if Mox was beating up other people and then yeah. sort of belt up to this. And I just felt like it wasn't that. The problem with Mox at the moment, I feel like they throw, they, it gets about a month, a month and a half to work with someone and then it's on to the next person, a month, a month and a half to work with them, yeah. on to the next one and so forth. Uh, and I don't feel like we're building up any sort of real big, amazing storylines with Mox at the moment. Um, and this MJF sort of fell into that sort of same bracket for me, um, which is a shame because MJF is probably one of my favorite, uh, AEW, uh, wrestlers, uh, and characters in it. Mm. And so I, I, not that I'm not, I'm not fussed, worried that he didn't win and stuff like that. I would have liked to have seen him win, 
but I feel like, yeah, it just felt a bit rushed. And if he's going to get his first loss, then actually really, really make it mean something. And you could say, well, it was a world title shot and stuff like that. So that does make mean it's because you're only losing to the best. But it felt, yeah, a bit too rushed. However, well, saying that... Well, just what? quickly, he may have lost, but he has a very strong case that Moxley cheated. Yes. So I think this is what I was going to sort of lead into was in that actually, if you're going to get MJF to lose, at least give him a way to lose that he can... Uh, debate yep. that loss, so, which and he, he does. I know, and so in my head, I was thinking, like, you know, is there a way that you know MJ uh, MJF might even win, but Mox retains the belt, you know, like count out or something like that, and mm. uh, Mox goes, oh, I still got the belt, and MJF's livid, but he still got the win. But equally, it's on the same vein, if Mox is going to win, have a reason for MJF to sort of complain about that and allow that story to continue. I'm hoping they don't just leave it. I'm hoping the MJF story, you know continues underneath they might do lance archer and then lance archer might not win it or whatever yeah. but then come back to the mjf mox fight and allow maybe mjf to take the title at some point in the future but allow this to keep bubbling underneath and this to be the only loss against mjf and it wasn't the real loss and stuff like that and yeah. she cheated and and it's you're gonna have the whole it'd be good because mjf can you know it's like the the boy that cried wolf then yeah. got eaten by the wolf he's like mjf the cheat that like they suddenly got he's lost from a cheat and um i i think it could go in a good way i'd be interested to see what AEW does with it i hope it goes that way i hope it just doesn't get forgotten about after this no i think the trouble they've got and this is something that i was thinking about when you cause I remember we was talking before the event he was like i hope they don't just drop this storyline and i was like yeah the same, same here and then i thought the trouble they they have, and it's a blessing and a curse that they only have four pay-per-views every year. The blessing is it means that there's less to, to to watch. There's they can really build the big matches when they choose to. I don't think they've quite done it here, and um, you know all all round lighter schedule, and we can do some proper long-term storytelling. The bad thing is that it, I think they'd have a really hard job with having full gears main event as the rematch between MJF and Moxley. Like, just having two back-to-back pay-per-views that are separated by eight weeks, having the same main event, I don't think they can... I mean, they could, but I feel like people will be like, oh, I saw that on the last pay-per-view. I might skip it. So I think whatever happens, this won't. This will not resolve itself probably until the next... maybe Revolution next year, which is fine if they... If they like you, I don't want them to forget this... But I feel like the 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 only four four a year job he does stop them from doing immediate rematches on pay per views because people kind of want to see a new fresh match up and um, if they do the storytelling properly it's fine it actually works out better because then you're kind of thinking oh it's been a long time since they last fall MJF's got better blah 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 he knows that Moxie's willing to cheat all this good stuff but it means next in in two months time. I can't see them going back and revisiting this because it feels like it's the same event being recycled. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that. Um, I, I think it depends on how they play. I think a lot of people would still buy it to see a rematch if they if the build-up is really, really good about yeah. it. Um, if they spend a lot of time sort of doing a storytelling. However, saying that, it seemed like they're already switching context straight to Lance Archer straight yeah. afterwards. So it's yeah. like, well, that's clearly going to be you know the one in eight weeks and they're going to spend eight weeks sort of building that one up now um and so forth maybe you know who knows maybe if he drops you could, you could always drop there's no saying that you can't drop the title on dynamite as well oh, no, yeah, I know they need to do it at some it. point they do they um, need to do um, they need to build to a big special dynamite where the belt changes hands just so that people know it can happen 
That's all. And then people be like, well, because every time we see a title match now, you're like, yeah, we know the belt's not going to change hands. Like we knew Derby wasn't going to beat Moxley. Um, although <laughs> they had me convinced a couple of times when 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 MJF got the hit Moxley of the belt and whatnot. But yeah, I feel like you need to do that shock change at some point, and then that'll get people talking and get a buzz. And then the, your future matches have a, you know, there's a foundation there that they they have an expectation that the belt could change hands. At the moment, it's just like anything on Dynamite. Ah, uh-uh, the the belt staying where it is, unless it's like the tag titles or the women's title or the, the TNT title, which you expect to change hands. Yeah, and they're they're only going to change the TNT title realistically on Dynamite because they, that's the TNT belt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's this pay per view they don't have. So um, yeah, so that that does make sense. But it's yeah, it's I don't know. I feel like there's there's something that could happen with it, but I, I'm quite happy for them to do Lance Archer with Moxley over the sort of next eight weeks, and even if yeah. Moxley or Lance Archer wins that but still have this MJF storyline bubbling under and even so that, you know, that MJF comes out and, and, and costs, you know, um, Lance Archer the title who's bound to win it or whatever at the th- next, when he gets the opportunity mm. and, and that sets up another rematch with, because he wants to win it off Moxley or something like that. You know, I, I feel like there's something that could be done there. Even if they just go for a rematch and Moxley then proves that he can beat MJF without cheating, then yeah. I think that's that's a that's a good end to the storyline of that. But I feel like it's it's not over yet, and yeah. there's there's needs to be there's more story for me to tell. And if they can if they want to drag it for six months, they can drag it for six months. Yeah, I, I don't mind. But there's there's some there's there's story there to be told, and I want I want it. I don't want it to be forgotten about. No, I don't think they will. But yeah, we it might be a little while before we get it. Be interesting to see how it's all in the next couple of weeks on Dynamite. How they how they dress it all up. Right, well that's the event. That was. Three hours and fifty minutes or so of the the event itself. Um, what are we doing with 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 thumbs up or thumbs down or thumbs in the middle? Is there uh, where are you where do you fall overall on 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 all out? Um, and how would you compare it to Double or Nothing, which was like the first pandemic era AW pay per view? And um, you know, there's there's some similarities to be. I think we sort of write off Revolution because it had so many advantages, but. Yeah, what do you what do you feel like the uh, how the event did in comparison to Double or Nothing, and then overall where you put your thumbs and not up your ass? <laughs> well, that was where I was going to go, but no, um, Double or Nothing was a better pay per view. If I'm being honest, I feel like yeah. this is the first sort of pay per view where I, I I didn't dislike the pay per view, and I still think the pay per view was probably worth the money that it was. Um, so I guess that's the takeaway from it. But I've sort of set my standards quite high with AEW. Oh yeah, yeah. And, it just, and it just it just it just hit a little below what I, I sort of wanted from a pay per view on this one. I still think it was a good pay per view, and it's probably it's better than the 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 junk that WWE have been throwing up that we've been watching. Um, but like, I feel like in terms of all their pay-per-views this year, this will probably sit at the bottom of the list of, of ones I'd probably send people to watch. Yeah, now, yeah. There, don't get me wrong. There was some good matches in there. Um, as I said, I love the young bucks versus Jurassic express. And I would definitely tell people to go and watch that. Um, uh, and, and, the, the, but yeah, I just felt like looking through all the other matches that were there, Everything to and to some sort of extent is is missable. Um, maybe the, the the Jericho Orange Cassidy match was 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 a bit of a classic and that was quite nice. But I think apart from that, like everything else, 
it could have done on dynamite. So it's mm. not saying it should have been on a dynamite, but the way it sort of ended production was it could have been done on dynamite. And now I'm a bit, I do feel like the Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara match, if that had happened as, as they probably wanted it to happen, could have been an all in all yeah. out classic. Yeah. And I do feel a bit shame for them on that one because I, that was actually looking at the, the list. That was one I was probably most excited about. Um, yeah. just because of the build up to that, you know, that happened and all that type of stuff. I was really, really excited to see where they went with that. And it was start I remember my notes, like when they did, they did the DDT on the table, I was like, Oh, and then when they went to the top of the chair and this was all within the first like couple of minutes. And I was like, this is going to be a classic, like brawling, you know, sort of street fight, whatever. Um, but then the, the, the thing with Matt happened and that was, a, that was a real shame. Um, but apart from that, like, yeah, like just the, the people I expect a bit more of just didn't really perform as well as I'd hoped they had. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 cause I'd still give it a thumbs up. Um, right. as in it was a good pay-per-view. Um, but I wouldn't give it like multiple thumbs up if that made sense. I, I, I'd still, I would have happily paid the money to watch it, but like, I, I feel like they've done better. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. I did to me, it lacked like, I enjoyed the, I think I would agree with you. My, the best or my favorite match was the young bucks. V Jurassic Express or Lucha Express as Jim Ross keeps calling them um, I'd agree that's probably the best match and we were robbed of the Matt Hardy match and then we had the added like sh- stuff that happened with how the match carried on which was just like no don't don't be doing that and I feel like that after that match it did kind of knock me I struggled to focus a little bit because I was like is he I don't know what's wrong with Matt. Like, and I thought, like, if something serious had happened, I'd have seen it in, like, a, I don't know. I didn't go on Twitter or what or the news, but I just feel like I would have known somehow. Like, Adkins would have woke up and seen it and gone, oh, Matt Hardy's really... And I'd have been like, shit. But, so I knew that he, I thought he was okay, but I still... It, that kind of dragged through for a good, like, hour afterwards. Like, that whole downer of, like, is Matt going to be all right? And there wasn't really, like... I remember on the Double or Nothing, again... It was this pandemic here. We had the stadium stampede and the Moxie v Brodley. But my favourite match on that was Jungle Boy v MJF. I thought that was a really great match. I didn't get any great matches here. I had a lot of okay matches, a lot of decent matches, some good, some not so good. And all in all, the bar is very high. I've watched, I think now, six sort of events that are outside Dynamite for AEW since they started. And this was easily the worst one of the lot. So they have set a high standard in comparison to their counterparts and, and whatnot. But when you don't meet the standard, you get punished. And for that, it goes for as a thumbs in the middle for me. Um, too long as well. Like, way too long. Like, cut half hour out of that, please. Yeah, you, you could easily get... You could have put the bit Britt Baker one on the bind and not be pushing that. And then the Nightmare Family... Versus nice. the Dark Order could have been on the bind as well, and drop the. That's you could have dropped fair, the Janela yeah. versus who was he fighting again? Um, Serpentico. Serpentico. Why is even Serpentico even getting it? I don't know. Man. He's uh, just he's a dark fodder that at the moment they're using. Like at least have the buy-in. Like the private party one, I get, and the Dark Order one because they, you know, they do appear on. Not much um, star power there, though, is there? No, that's exactly you. You should have a little bit of star power, and I feel like that Dark Order match because he wasn't didn't have the belt. It would have been good to have a champion on that, you know, buy in, and mm. you know, could have told a really good story. But yeah, hey ho, it is what it is. They hopefully live and learn. Yeah, so that's AW All Out. I guess we'll be back for full gear, providing nothing goes disastrously wrong with AW in the meantime. 
and uh, that'll be a bonus episode. Like I said, I don't really know what's going on with the feed. Just well, we do. We're planning to do some season-based um, content, but the um, the bonus episodes. We'll continue to roll them out, so stay subscribed and you'll see our opinions on that. But that'll do it. Thanks for joining us on this edition, Mr. Paper. We'll be back at some point in the future to to talk about AW and maybe some other subjects. But um, everyone that's listening, nothing more for us to say apart from thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.